On the first uh, day of the retreat, we uh, were invited to become aware of um, uh, sense experience. And then maybe on the second day came um, uh, instructions around mind states, emotions, moods. And then uh, later came uh, maybe instructions around, uh, you know, exploring thoughts. What is a thought? And um, so it's a it's a very classic development of a practice on retreat. Every day or so, we bring a new theme. It's already there. It was there. It's not like suddenly emotions arrive. You know, <laughs> they were there the day before, but we're slowly, um, you know, trying to cover more of the fullness of the human experience as we practice. And so today I'd like to talk a little bit, point towards uh, one other aspect of experience that has been there all along. But maybe today, if the conditions are right, it could be an area of focus, of an investigation for us. And so what could that be? If you've been on a couple of retreats, <laughs> you'll think, oh, is it that, that? So what I want to talk about, you're right. You win another day in samsara. <laughs> the, the, the theme today could be, um, if it resonates with you, of course. Um, you know, with every phenomena that arises be it heard or felt in the body or thought or an emotion with every event we could say that happens for a human being there's a tonality of pleasure or displeasure or neither one or the other that comes with it so we hear the sound of the rain and it's not something we can make up. Oh, let it be pleasant. You know, it's, uh, It appears as pleasant. Or it might appear as unpleasant, depending on you know, if it's the 45th day of rain, <laughs> or if it's the first one after a while. You know, it'll be perceived or felt, we could say, differently on the f- what we call the feeling tone that comes with uh, every experience. So as we're sitting, there's a different feeling tones, you know, like maybe it's unpleasant in the knees, but pleasant in the hands. And, uh, you know, when we eat, pleasantness arises with some tastes. Maybe other tastes are unpleasant. Maybe a few are neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And this is very core, uh, the core of the human experience, huh? Because if we were to put this on mute, that aspect of reality, probably we wouldn't recognize life. We would say, wow, there's something missing. You know? it not, it's not just that uh, you know, the fingers touch, but that there's a slight pleasantness or unpleasantness to the different textures or emotions. You know? Joy, most of the time, is felt as pleasurable. Anger, that's very interesting, anger. Anger, is it felt as pleasant or unpleasant? Well, in my experience, it can vary. Because sometimes I'm angry and I'm so right and you're so wrong and it feels so good. (laughs) And sometimes I don't want to be angry and I'm stuck with anger in my heart or chest and it's very unpleasant, you know. What about fear? You know, you would say, oh, fear is unpleasant. Yeah, but sometimes I actually pay to watch a movie that has fear in it. <laughs> and I'm undecided if I like it or not. You know? um, and so, uh, why is this so important? Why do we talk about this on almost all retreats? Or why is it central in the Buddhist uh, teachings or Buddhist psychology? Because, well, because we're sensitive to what is pleasant and unpleasant, and it uh, impacts us, we could say, very strongly. Eh? When something is unpleasant, ugh, 
when something is, un- is pleasant. And so there is, a, check this out, is that true for you? For human beings, there's a kind of a standard reaction to pleasant or unpleasant. As you know, some of you very well, you know, when we meet the pleasant, the mind has this, this tendency, doesn't happen all the time at all, but certainly often, when something is pleasant, the mind gets hooked. Oh, pleasant mind. I want to keep. I want more of. You know the little character in, the, in Tolkien? You know, precious. <laughs> I want mine. <laughs> and so when this happens, it's uh, disturbing for a human being because we're hooked. Peace is gone. You know, because now we have fixated on something. I want the recipe of this doll soup. You know, <laughs> it's the best doll soup. And believe me, I've tasted a lot of doll because I've been on retreat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is the one. So I. <laughs> so that's a you know, benign we could say, but. Um, uh, when we taste something pleasant and the mind gets hooked, we get protective, we can even get aggressive. Do not touch this. It's precious to me and, you know, I don't want to lose it. And um, so, you know, being healthy, for example, is a certain kind of pleasantness that might be unrecognized until it escapes, you know. And then we cling to it. Of course, very natural that we would. Yet, here on the spiritual path, we're trying to find, explore a wise way to be in relationship with what is pleasant. So, here we try to meet it heartfully, we could say, uh, consciously, so that we can actually have access to the pleasureness, the uh, delight, the beauty, you know, but not get stuck so that it doesn't lead to suffering, you know. And that is an art. You know, you might think, oh no, pleasant, it's easy. You know? But if we pay attention a little bit, we'll see, like, we're just here, there's not much happening, and we're like, I want to be back home. It was so pleasant being back home. You know, it would be so pleasant with the cat. <laughs> you know? And so we can, you know, fantasize about the pleasant, like be our, you know, availability, we could say, be veiled by the past pleasantness that was or the future pleasantness that might be. And then we might be not available to what's happening, encaged by the promise of pleasantness. And so what is suggested here is not to become drab and uh, refuse uh, pleasantness, uh, is to actually explore it and uh, discover how to be in relationship with what is pleasant. I have to give a little airtime to unpleasant. (laughs) And so there's two kind of standard reaction that happens when we meet unpleasant. The first one, you probably know very well, is the, you know, either the shutting down or getting aggressive, the aversion. It's unpleasant, I don't want. I don't want, something went wrong, it shouldn't be, why is it happening to me? Uh, fear, anger, blame, guilt, all kinds of very unskillful and natural responses, or reactions. And so here, we have the chance, because life is generous, to explore a different way to meet the unpleasant. It's not easy, you know, we would much prefer to have all the ducks aligned, you know, one pleasure after the other. You know, when, why, when we come on retreat, is not the succession of like massage and, uh, <laughs> you know, hammocks and uh, naps and uh, delicious food that could remain. But, <laughs> but then instead of going towards sitting and walking, why, why couldn't be... Can it be like, uh, I don't know, things that are known to be pleasant, like mud wrap? 
<laughs> being wrapped in mud or something like this, with things they do in spas, you know. Um, anyway, so the unpleasantness, often, you know, we will, and sometimes not, actually, we have to check it out. Today we have the chance to see this. How does this mind-body system meet unpleasantness? Does it, like, shrink, tense, contract, or can it actually relax, allow, get interested, instead of uh, getting aversive, collapsing, or becoming all charged up? So that's one of the reactions. What is the other reaction that happens often for human beings? And I hear either the Buddha talking or Dhammadina, a very wise um, practitioner woman at the time of the Buddha. And they would say, oh, untrained minds, that would be us most of the time. Untrained mind, when they encounter unpleasant, they they get aversive, they hate it, they, f- they think it's wrong. That's one tendency. What's the other? Not knowing how to be with unpleasantness wisely, they start looking for pleasure. Not knowing how to be, they start dreaming about pleasure, the pleasurable version of this. Or, you know, they hang up on one side the bad news, and with the other hand, they open the they open the fridge door, <laughs> you know, to try to balance things out. You know, let me get a hit of something, ice cream, chocolate. You know, I don't know how to be with this. <laughs> and so um, here we have the chance to maybe see it. As things have slowed down now, you might see, you know, how a moment of unpleasantness will trigger fantasy, dream-like uh, you know, thinking only filled with pleasures. You know, if I was back home, it would be so great. Well, no, because you left, you came here. It's because it was not that great. (laughs) 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 Sorry to report. (laughs) Otherwise, you would have stayed. You would not even have thought of coming here. (laughs) And as important is the other way we meet uh, experience. And this just just happened. It co-arises with the event. A thought, an emotion, a sense, a sensory experience. Sometimes it's pleasant. It's felt as pleasant. Sometimes unpleasant. And sometimes neither one or the other. And this is really intriguing to me. Like you would think, oh, well, no problem then. Well... Trust unwise beings to make problem out of everything. (laughs) When it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant, human beings tend to freak out in some ways or get confused or not notice. You know, ah, there's nothing happening. Why is there nothing happening? I hate meditation. I hate being with the breath (laughs) because there's not much to it. It's not particularly pleasant or unpleasant. So then... You know, I can't believe I'm going to stay here for the full day. I can't even dare think that there's a whole day of practice. It's, there's so much, nothing happening. <laughs> it's unbearable. That reveals our addiction to pleasure and displeasure. And so here and in the course of practice, we learn to allow a certain kind of neutrality to be there when it shows up and to actually notice and learn to be with. And this is part of the kind of unconditional freedom the Buddha talks about. I can be with the unpleasant as it will happen. I can be with the pleasant as it will happen. And I can be with uh, neutrality as it happens a lot. And then I can remain present, stable, in all of these three uh, ways that we feel uh, experiences in the world. And one thing we hear from meditators is, uh, you know, at some point, after a few days of the retreat, in the retreat, maybe today, people will report, there's nothing happening. What's wrong with me? You know, like, there's something wrong in my practice. Nothing is happening. Honey, this is what they call peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's hard to bear. It's not easy to be peaceful. It's for the courageous and the heroic. It's for the wise. Otherwise, you'll create trouble because <laughs> peace is unbearable for those who haven't trained. <laughs> and so here we actually learn to be with uh, things that are not standing out in terms of pleasure or displeasure and to actually be free and maybe learn to relax into it and not start being needy for something else, you know. And that is a deep kind of freedom, you know. Otherwise, what does the mind do? It starts making up problems. There's not much happening. What if somebody was to, you know, what would I say to them? So we'll create problems. So today we have the chance to check this out a little bit in action. See, the Buddha compared pleasure, displeasure, and neutrality to bubbles trying to highlight the unstable nature of pleasure. You know? So we'll be sitting here, maybe hearing the rain, and it's felt as pleasurable, maybe. You know? And then a thought will cross the mind, you know? but not next week. If it's still rain next week, I w- and suddenly it just went from pleasant to unpleasant. Huh? Very quickly it switches. So the thing, the insight we probably want to get, will get in the course of practice, is that it's pretty uncontrollable and to actually kind of put all our eggs in the same basket, like wishing for pleasure and trying to control pleasure, put in there, you know, uh, safe, comfortable, uh, new, new, oh, something new, you know. Trying to get only this will be very, very stressful. And so maybe without knowing it, we look at life through these lenses of, you know, I want pleasure, things that are on that side of reality, and I don't want, how can I avoid the displeasure and maximize the pleasure? And this is very, very stressful because both will happen. And so here we're changing our kind of value system. It's not that it's pleasurable uh, in wisdom. I think it's how we meet, how we meet what arises. Sometimes it's pleasurable. How do we meet it? Sometimes it's unpleasurable. How do we meet it? Maybe I finish with this. In the course of practice, we might start to see that not all pleasures are equal or displeasures are equal. There is some pleasure that comes from within, the pleasure of a stable mind or the pleasure of generosity or kindness. So there are some kinds of pleasure that are produced inside and they're beneficial for us and for others. And so the pleasure of a good taste depends on something outside. It's very unstable. But there's things that we can build from the inside, resources that uh, are pleasurable and helpful. Or maybe we could talk about um, a kind of neutrality that is not because things are flat or boring or beige, but the neutrality comes from the stability of the mind, so much so that one can enter a situation where there's stress, conflict, and induce in the space or the relationship a certain kind of neutrality that is going to be really, really wholesome, healthy, helpful. Do you recognize this? You know. So as we sit here today, if pain arises in the knee, maybe this will be unpleasurable, but maybe it can be met with the neutrality of a non-reactive mind. And this is really, really helpful. Let's play a little bit with this. So, just something that you might notice as, as you sit here. We don't want to think about this. We just 
present in the body as we see fit with experiences of the senses we might notice the slight pleasurable aspect of of an experience a slight displeasurable or intensely displeasurable We might notice a lot of things happening are neither pleasurable nor unpleasant. Notice how it feels in general in the body. Today, this morning. It might be recognizable that it's pleasurable to be here now or unpleasurable or neither one nor the other. You might also notice specific areas where stands out pleasure or displeasure. might be in the mood that we discover an unpleasurable mind state, a pleasurable or slightly pleasurable one. Or maybe it's neutral in the mind, heart. If you encounter displeasure, see if you can allow it to be known, just as it is. Maybe named displeasure, unpleasant. See if it can be experienced calmly. Similarly, if a pleasurable experience is known, see if it can be recognized and allowed to be there. Well-being, ease, space. Maybe joy is there or lightness of heart. something appears to be neutral, can we remain in relationship with it? Allowing it to be there and to be known like this in its neutral way.
What can you notice in terms of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? Often when it's neutral, the mind takes off in sleep, or in thinking, dreaming, not able to stay with what is neither pleasant nor unpleasant.
Notice if the ringing of the bell, the sound itself, is pleasurable or unpleasurable or neutral. Maybe the meaning might be pleasurable or not. We have a few moments if there are questions about uh, practice, about this theme, or anything else, or comments, or questions. I was talking about uh, Dhammadina, <clears throat> who lived uh, at the time of the Buddha, and she um, she gives one uh, teaching that I find uh, I always found very very interesting, and I've seen it um, in my experience to be true. She said something like, um, "When neutral experiences are met with, um, let's say, a not so, such good quality mind." Um, it tends to become di- disagreeable, displeasurable. And when neutral experiences are met with a high-quality attention, then it tends to become slightly pleasurable. And so I see this a lot on retreat, because when the mind quiets down and becomes a better-quality mind, suddenly just stepping, stepping, or opening the door and feeling the fresh air, or some things that are usually neutral, like stepping, can suddenly become very pleasurable. And I feel there's a doorway there, like a portal towards contentment. And so that the mind can actually be nourished and refreshed by small things, like hands resting somewhere, you know, usually unnoticed, would be felt if we said, you know, like, can you notice your hand? Yeah, what? But whatever, you know. And but if the mind is quiet and attentive, suddenly, oh, hands. And so, to me here, there's instructions on how to live. Huh? And um, so it means paying attention to what's happening, make it come out, you know. So we start to notice. So it's a way also to talk about the vibrant heart, you know, that resonates with stuff instead of being kind of disconnected. So we can be touched uh, by things. So you might discover that this is an interesting field for you today, or not. You might be attending to other things. In terms of um, unpleasant mind states, you know, sometimes we feel overwhelmed, or there's an intense uh, emotion, or you know, let's say despair, or strong fear or doubt or anxiety. And so um, it might be good just to recognize at the very basic level, oh, unpleasant, unpleasant. Um, With anything, it could be good to recognize when something is unpleasant because often we don't really know it's unpleasant. We just go straight to opinions. It shouldn't happen, it shouldn't have happened. Oh, it was just unpleasant, you know. If I come back to strong emotions, um, you know, it's skillful to um, feel these emotions, maybe in the epicenter, let's say in the chest if it's there, or in the belly. But it can be very draining to be with um, intense emotions. So it's actually very skillful to go towards what is um, pleasurable, uh, like nature, sound, hearing, 
to um, bring some equilibrium because it's draining to be with something that is unpleasant or certainly can very uh, can be often and so uh, it uh, might eat eat on the resources we have you know? so if you attend to something unpleasant try to see if there is something in the field of your experience that can be recognized as not uh, as unpleasant or maybe neutral that you can rest your attention on to uh, give a little bit of a break to the mind that's meeting the unpleasant and so it, it can be skillful to do it consciously you know? oh this is draining to be here in the heart let me be with sight and light things like this and it's an art to develop because um, when there's a strong emotion, often it, uh, it um, takes all the attention. It's vortex-like. It kind of drives all the attention. We become obsessed with it. It feels like it's the only thing we feel, you know, the only thing in the world. You know? You know, that's the only thing in the universe, the despair that is there, or grief. You know? And in the art of practice, we might um, learn how to actually notice neutral things that are in the field also but are not as intense as a strong emotion you know as the anxiety and so we can notice you know just the space in the room for example the temperature and we can say this too is happening you know my attention keeps being drawn to what is difficult the obsession but what else is happening in reality that is unnoticed? <coughs> it's a way to, you know, balance things. You know, you want to give attention to everyone, in a way. If you're teaching and you're in a classroom and there's somebody who always has something to say, at some point you say, you have a lot to say. <laughs> and we'll see if the others have something to say also. You know, it's skillful to do this. So it's the same with emotion. You go, okay... There's a lot of this emotion. I know you're there. I'm not in denial. What else is happening? Our toes. Toes are tingling. This too is happening. And it's a way to actually establish, you know, that, uh, you know, there's not only this happening and the attention can be brought somewhere else. It's not easy to do, but certainly worth uh, playing with a little bit. So for some of us, uh, now there um, are groups this morning, group. So there's a first group uh, just now in a couple of minutes. And another one at the next walking. So check, check the schedule. And there'll be another one uh, this evening. So um, at the first uh, sit of the evening, I think. And so everybody, all of you should be in a group at some point today. If you were to decide to stay in silence, uh, you know, I would totally respect that. Um, and it uh, it's also can be seen as another way to practice. Huh? Practice being in a small room with other beings. It's a, it's a very valid way to uh, develop uh, presence. Okay. Have a good day precious day of practice it will be gone before you know it <laughs> thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and dharma seed please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate